When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. Drafted in 1988 in the 62nd round, the 1390th pick overall. Today, he calls Cooperstown home. Mike Piazza, welcome to the Hall of Fame. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Inside the 10 o'clock hour on the fan, joining us right now is Christian Winfield, Nets and NBA reporter for your New York Daily News. What's up, Chris Splashed? What's going on, brother? How you feeling today, man? Always good, always blessed. Thank you for taking the time out to join us. Before we get into the hoops, I just looked at your Twitter. You lost 26 pounds? Hey, bro, I got another 26 to go. But listen, man, I, I just left the Mile High Run Club, just ran about four miles in about 50 minutes, man. It's tough. But, uh, you know, we eating right. We working out. We, we ready for summer 23, bro. You know what time it is. Bro, I'm proud of you, man. I know you're already chefing it up. You've been chefing it up. I know you're already nice in the kitchen. That's where you really lose the weight. That's where you get the abs. That's where you really, you know, see the, the, the gains and the cuts. But you and I got to get in the gym, bro. I know we were talking about that at Media Day. We got to find a, a gym here in New York. I don't have a membership, but you hey, give, me a hey, guest, bro. Give, give me a we, guest pass. I'm pulling up. Hey, I got you. I, I, I'll hold it down, bro. Let's let's get some working. I'm trying to get on my Keith status. You feel me? I see you in the gym, brother. I'm, I'm trying to get like you. Yeah, my abs are fading. My abs are fading. I need to... <laughs> I need to take it a little more serious, but the winter, you know how the winter goes. You come off the holidays, mm-hmm. hibernating. Now it's time to get right before it gets warm in like a month and a half. But, yeah, uh, we're here to talk basketball, bro. You're the man, and you've been writing about um, a few different things. We'll start with the Knicks, though. Obviously, this is New York, and, uh, <laughs> you know, Knicks fans have felt like, you know, the uh, town was under different management, but now it's back under the old management, and I am glad that the uh, trade deadline is in the past and that whack all-star weekend is in the past. So let's look, look let's look forward to what the Knicks could potentially do here. I know you wrote about the Nets. We'll get to that in a second, but I think the Knicks really have an opportunity to make a push to rise up to that fifth, maybe fourth seed. And uh that's where they were last time that they made the playoffs, the fourth seed. Uh what are you thinking the outlook for the Knicks can be? Like I'm I'm not holding anything against them. They've got a couple um well, one new player. They they've just got a, a new energy about them with Jalen Brunson this season, and uh, I'm not sleeping on what they could potentially do here. Yeah, I- I'm really bullish on the Knicks, uh, especially after you consider they adding Jalen Brunson with that hole that they had at the point guard for what felt like forever, finally getting a steady force there, and you just see how the game changes. And then on top of that, I, I thought Josh Hart was a really good pickup. That's a guy who's going to space the floor, shoot threes, crash the glass, and play defense and play hard, right? That's that's the way you win over a fan base, right? What what do Knicks fans want more than a guy who's going to go out there and give you 110% while he's out there? I, I thought that was a great pickup. Um, I, I just want to see what this whole thing looks like in the playoffs. I feel like last time we saw Julius Randle in the playoffs, it didn't look so well, right? Like, what does that look like this time around? But I like what the Knicks have been able to do. Um, I want to see RJ maybe take another step, maybe two steps forward, right? We've seen him kind of regress a bit this season. But, you know, I, I like what the Knicks are cooking this season. Um, and obviously now that KD and Kyrie are out of town, they're the team to to beat in New York City, if you ask me. Yeah, and that's how the hype gets driven up. They win games, they get back, they have a higher seed in the playoffs, and they re-enter the playoffs. They're about to get 
Mitchell Robinson back. That's going right. to also give them another boost. It's it's a different energy around the Knicks. Uh, I I really you know I'm an, obviously a Nets fan. I've definitely trolled Knicks fans and hated on them, <laughs> but like I really have nothing. I have nothing to say right now with uh, what's going on in Brooklyn. I think the Knicks that are you know right under the Nets and with the Nets coming to the Garden on March first, like they have an opportunity to uh, win some games in this second half and put themselves in good position to make some noise in the playoffs. A hundred percent. And you talk about you know the Knicks and Nets. You know, the the Nets kind of had a monopoly on this rivalry for the last couple of years because obviously you've got KD and Kyrie. How are you going to beat those two guys? Uh, but the Knicks made a statement in that last game. Granted, you know, you had guys that weren't accustomed to playing each other. Mikael Bridges shoots two for eight. But to come out there and, and beat the Nets the way they did, I, I thought that was a statement kind of like a change to the guard. And then you look at just the, the standings and the schedule in the second half of the season for the Nets. I mean, the Nets have the seventh toughest uh, remaining schedule in all the basketball right now. And they've got a group of guys that are still trying to figure out how to play with one another. And on top of that, they don't necessarily have a closer unless you're considering that to be either a Spencer Dinwiddie or a Mikhail Bridges. I don't think we're going to see Cam Thomas play too many crunch time minutes. So it, it's tough there. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, first of all, the, the Knicks flip the Nets in the standings pretty soon. But second, as we're about to talk, the, the Nets are going to have to fight for their playoff lives here. You've got teams at the bottom of the Eastern Conference playoff picture that I feel have played below their means. And you've got a Nets team that's still trying to do what now? Build chemistry, entering the second half of the season? That's going to be tough. So uh, I'm interested to see how this all plays out. But I think the Knicks have a, a good shot at finishing maybe top four, maybe number five in the East this year. Yeah, I'm, I'm always the optimistic Nets fan. But more and more, I feel like we're going back to the days of like, the Nets just not having it, bro. I'm, I'm I'm in full Nets gear in here. Hat, hoodie, jacket. I'm trying to believe, but like we, oh, did, we did talk in Nets today, and I looked at the schedule, and I also looked at, looked at your article before I looked at the schedule. You put that article out, I think, two days ago, and then I actually looked, and I'm like, this is not the time to be figuring out rotations and roles, and you've got so many of these guys on the Nets, whether it's Cam Thomas, whether it's Ben Simmons, whether it's Seth Curry, Joe Harris, like you got to figure out these pieces. Nick Claxton, Dayron Sharp, like you got to figure out who is who and what is what while you're playing against playoff teams that have been playing for a long time. And in the NBA, that cohesion is is a real thing. When you look at teams like the Celtics, who they're going to face, the Bucks, who they're going to face, the Nuggets, who they're going to face, these guys have been in battles together. They're ready to go. The Nets have not been in battles together. And, uh, you know, the superstar era ends. KD Kyrie like to shrug the whole thing off. Like, yeah, you know, it's entertainment. Yeah, we left them in a good spot. The the future's bright. But uh, they're, they're, they're headed for, for the play-in unless something miraculous happens. And I just got to cross my fingers and hope for the best. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really what it is. You know, I'll, I'll say this. You know, Jacques Vaughn, I think, is in perfect position for this job. And what he's saying right now is, you know, we might not be the most talented. We might not have the closers through. We might not even have chemistry. But what we're going to do is go out there and play as hard as we can for 48 minutes and live with the results. And quite frankly, I think that can win you some games, right, as opposed to the last few seasons where you've seen this, this Nets team kind of come out and not give you any effort and lose to teams like the Pistons and, and things like that. Now you've got a team where you've got a lot of guys with chips on their shoulders. You've got a lot of guys who can play defense, who can run, play with pace, shoot threes. You know, the formula, it sounds good up until, and I keep saying this, up until you're in the last three minutes of the fourth quarter. 
Right. When you're in the last three minutes of the fourth quarter, that's where you throw the ball to Kevin Durant on the elbow or where you ISO for Kyrie, and you don't have that luxury anymore. And I think we're going to watch the Nets play a lot of games where it's really tight for the first three quarters, and then that six-minute mark comes around in the fourth, and you start to see the wheels fall off because that's where opponent defenses start to ratchet their effort up. That's where other teams, where if, like we talked about, you look at that schedule – you got a lot of teams, I'd say about 16 or 17 of those teams that you're going to play in the Final 24, they're all going to have a bona fide closer on the floor. And if Mikhail Bridges isn't going to be that guy every game, I'm not sure we can expect him to score 40, 30 every game. I don't think that's realistic. It's going to be difficult for this team to generate crunch time offense. So they're going to have to hold teams in that 85 to 90 point sweet spot. I'm not sure how realistic that is either, given how many teams are shooting so many threes and playing fast. It's going to be difficult, but end of the day, you've got a team that, you know, Jacques Vaughn says he's going to force them to play as hard as they can. The defensive potential is through the roof, right? So if you can hold teams to below 90, I think you have a chance. Uh, and you've got depth as well. You've got guys that can shoot. You've got guys that can run. And you still have a wild card here. And, uh, you know, Ben Simmons hasn't played his best basketball. In Man, Brooklyn stop that. Least. Don't even do We're, it. I know. Listen, I'm not trying to give him an out. I'm not trying to. Uh, listen, wild I'm the card. first person to go around and say, listen, Ben Simmons needs to play better. In his last four games, he's averaging four points, four rebounds, and four assists. I've said it before. That's not the 444 that Hope was talking about. But, listen, <laughs> every time he has time off, he comes back playing better, right? He had that first set of four games that he missed after the back-to-back uh, where he had the left calf issue, and he came back, and that he was averaging about 15, 7, and 7 for a few games until he re-aggravated that knee again. This is a nice about 10-day break for Simmons to rest and recharge. If he doesn't show us something in these next couple weeks or in these next these first few games coming out of the All-Star break, I'm not sure what more we can expect because this is a period for him to recharge and play. So uh, I'm expecting to see him play well. If not, then I think we should have a reason to worry. Yeah, and he deleted all of his Instagram posts, so he's going dark like LeBron for the second half. He's he's going to be locked in. I'm, I'm already bracing for impact, bro. Like, I love the Nets. I love the NBA. And I'm excited to see the playoffs, but I just, like, I'm ready for the hurt. I'm ready for the disappointment. <laughs> like, this, this season got blown up a couple weeks ago. And uh, I just, you know, I, I'm, I'm hoping for the best because I put out there, hey, all they have to do to be better than Katie and Kyrie's last full season is not be a playing team or if they're a playing team, survive the play-in and just win one playoff game. Get the gentleman sweep. Don't get outright swept like Katie and Kyrie did last year. But, man, I don't know. This is, a, this is a mess. So when I say it's a mess, right, out of all of this superstar era, you get Katie, Kyrie, you get Harden. These guys all leave. You're left with Ben Simmons. How? It's not even a fully healthy Ben Simmons either. It'd be one thing if we're talking about 100% Ben Simmons, right? This is what we've seen this season. If we've seen glimpses of like maybe 75% Ben Simmons and the rest of it has all been like 30 no, to 40%. That's Ben Simmons. That's just not 2019, 2020 Ben Simmons, but that's him. <laughs> yeah, sure. That's him. I, yeah. see, I see him with, with his designer fits on. That's the same guy. <laughs> it's terrible, but it's. It's the situation at hand now, and you know, Sean Marks was able to recoup some of the draft picks that he traded that he traded away to get James Harden. Uh, but at the end of the day, you're in a situation now where you're left with you had a chance, and I'll never forget it when Sean Marks said, "You know, we'll have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden signed, sealed, and delivered." <laughs> you had a chance to have that trio in town for God knows how many years—four years, five years—and just unable to do that. 
And then on top of that, using those guys to sell promotional materials for season ticket holders. I had the moment everything started blowing up, I had season ticket holders telling me, did we buy tickets just to watch Ben Simmons play at 50% for the rest of the year? And, and that's a real thing, right? So you've got that situation, but you're also hoping that this is a team that can maybe stay 500. If the Nets are able to float around 500 for the rest of the season, I think that's a huge success. Um, but then again, that's just going to lead you to the play-in where I, I'm not sure. I would like to hope that this team finds ways to close games down the stretch. But if we're talking about having to beat Trey Young in a sudden death game, having to beat if the Chicago Bulls go on a run and you've got to face DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine and they're motivated in a, in a sudden death game, I, I, I just don't seem – I don't think I like the Nets' odds in those games just because you've got other bona fide star closers against a team that's still trying to figure it out. So uh, tough hand for the Nets, especially given where they started the season – um, organization was completely blindsided. Kevin was also blindsided by Kyrie asking out when he did. Um, and you kind of just see all the dominoes fall from there. Yeah, the Nets world is bracing for impact. I mean, Jacques Vaughn just gets this extension um, a couple days ago, and that's news. And I guess it's a feel-good story because Jacques Vaughn is a guy that played for the Nets, that was an assistant coach. He got to be the interim coach in the bubble, and then they you know, they just dissed him a couple times uh, you know, with, with Steve Nash and now he's extended, and I feel like the Nets are leaning into this, like, culture, getting back to our roots and getting back to the Brooklyn grit and the Brooklyn way and a team that we can be proud of and a fun, lovable coach like Jacques Vaughn and all of these pieces that are going to play hard. And at the end of the day, you're like, what does that matter if you don't actually win and advance? Like, a feel-good story is not what this era was supposed to be, but this era is officially over and uh, now we'll see a little bit of a swing. I, I've been saying that this Nets world has been built. Like, the arena is different from 2013 when I was pulling up, 2015 when I was pulling up, 2018 when I was pulling up. There's definitely a, a solid fan base. Like, there's actually Nets fans that are rooting for the team, chanting, sure. let's go Nets in defense. But now you're banking on Mikael Bridges being your star player. You're banking on uh, Spencer Dinwiddie leading the way. No knock on Spence. He's just one of our own, right? He, it's great that he came back. But at the end of the game, like you're saying, if we're in a situation where you're playing against DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine, you expect them to close you out in the fourth quarter. So I don't know, man. I'm I'm, I'm getting ready for baseball. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you this, right? So we had the phone call with Jacques Vaughn today, and he said something interesting. He said that the Nets are basically using some of the old sets that Mikael Bridges ran in Phoenix while Devin Booker was out, and he was averaging something close to like 20 or 25 points during that stretch. Um, but not only are they doing that, they're also trying to implement the same sets that they ran for Kevin Durant, which was interesting. That kind of caught my ear. I was like, okay, so we're, we're talking about pin-down screens coming up to the elbow that then allow Mikael Bridges to operate in that mid-range. And, and just when he had that 45-point game the other day, that was – kind of a, a, a look into how he's able to do that. He's able to operate around that foul line extended area pretty efficiently, a lot more efficiently than I had expected him to be able to uh, when he got here. So if he's able to, to generate some of that isolation offense and, and work within the flow to get looks, I think it's possible for him to be this team's closer. It's just that this is his first time that he's going to actually be in that role with all the pressure that comes with it, right? Even when he was in that role in Phoenix, there was still the assumption that Devin Booker was coming back. Devin Booker ain't walking through that door now, right? Not, neither are Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, whatever it is. And let me also give Spencer his flowers. Spencer hit some really big shots 
uh, for the Nets over the years. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's somebody that also steps up. It's just a matter of you've got so much star power elsewhere in this Eastern Conference that it's going to be tough for this team to uh, to close out games. So, I mean, credit to Jacques Vaughn. I think he's far more deserving of this extension. I see some people on Twitter talking about, oh, we should have held out and signed Ime Udoka because apparently the Hawks are interested in signing him nah, to replace can't go that route, man. I, I just don't think that would have been a good look, especially if you consider everything that was going on with Kyrie at the time when they were considering signing. That, it as the person who would have been writing about that, it, had it happened, it would have been terrible. The headlines would have been awful for the Nets if they went that route. I, I think Jacques Vaughn is the right guy for the job. Uh, I'd just like to see him, you know, I'd, I'd like to see some more pieces on this team moving forward. You look at the draft capital they have, the young players they can wheel and deal. This is a team that can re-up, maybe get another star sometime soon. But now, look, now you have to consider you had three superstar players all request trades from this front office. What other star players are going to want to come here, you know, on their own volition? So. Yeah, that's what they're saying. I still think the Nets world has been building. There's going to be some superstars that come here again. I know obviously the rivalry uh, got fired up because Katie and Kyrie chose Brooklyn over the Knicks. But hey, Mm -hmm. this might be a season where the Knicks finish better than the Nets. And uh, all those Knicks fans that switched up and, you know, bought B hats, they're going to pick up a blue and orange hat and pop up out of the bush (laughs) like Homer Simpson again. Yeah, man, I wouldn't be surprised to see that. Um, especially when you, I mean, you got to remember also Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving brought their own fans as well. And I, I forgot to mention this though. I agree with your point about the Nets fan base being stronger now than it's ever been. I mean, I, I, I traveled to Philly for a couple games this season and you could hear Nets fans there traveling to Philly at the garden. The Brooklyn Brigade. Yep. Shout out to Bobby on, yeah, and, and the whole gang. They travel yeah. well and, and they are legit Net fans. And yeah. we've we've filtered some of the stands out. I literally, bro, I have people <laughs> I have people that run Kyrie and Katie's like Instagram pages DMing me like, yo, appreciate you, bro, but I'ma head out. <laughs> like signing off when they got traded. I'm like, I didn't respond to anyone. I'm like, why do you feel the need to message me on my personal account or talking nets to say like, hey, great following your content, but you know, I'm gonna be in Dallas or I'm gonna be following Phoenix stuff. Like, go on your way. Goodbye. Oh man, you know they can't they can't leave quietly. They gotta they gotta <laughs> announce their their departure. But I mean, listen, it's an opportunity for the the actual diehard Nets fans to show just how much they support this team. Um, and, and I hope they do because this is a team that's gonna need every fan that they have to support them because this last stretch of the season is gonna be tough. You know, um, I think another thing we gotta watch out for is Cam Thomas and how he fits into this whole situation. He played one of his best games against the against I believe the Miami. He had 19 points, a uh, few assists. Mm-hmm. You know, played played some Coming played well. Bench. And then post game, he he's looking like he's kind of sad and or or mad or upset. Yeah, because he, he made history, minutes. bro. He had back to back to back 40 point games. And Katie and Kyrie get out of the way. He's like, oh, I'm the captain now. And Jacques Vaughn said, no, you're 21 years old. You're a second year <laughs> player. Um, you're gonna come off the bench. We're gonna let these veterans rock. And then. It's tough for him. He doesn't smile. He's the guy. He just trademarked ain't funny. I can't say it on air, but, like, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, ain't, ain't nothing funny except the minutes he's getting. And it's unfortunate now because you got to fold Seth Curry back into the rotation. And Jacques just said earlier today, hey, Seth is going to be our backup point guard. So Saw where that. does that leave Cam? I don't I leave Cam on the periphery of the rotation for a guy who just scored 40 points three games in a row. That's a tough spot to be in for him. So I'm I'm curious to see how everything shakes out with him for the remainder of the season for sure. Yo, 
Appreciate you joining me, bro. Tell your father I said hello. Uh, he might be listening. I know you're Hey, he's me. listening right now. Hey, Shout out to up, my pops? pops, man. Stop playing. Hey, good stuff. Appreciate you, bro. We got to take <laughs> this break right here. Keep McPherson on the fan. Now we're talking basketball. You can call me up, talk Knicks, talk Nets, and we'll get back into the Yankees conversation. Of course, I'm going to sprinkle some Mets in there. 877-337. A 6-6 six six, and two more sixes get you on the show. We'll be right back. 